Tonight we're going to start the second part of our series on worship. And tonight the topic is a look inside me. I want you to think for a second in your life. All right? I want you to search your heart and, and, and ask yourself this question. What is it that I put before God? And let me just put it this way. There's no one in this room who can say that I have it all together. There's no one in this room this, tonight that can say, you know what? I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Yes, we can love Him, but there are things that come into our lives. And they're called idols. And, and too many times in our lives when we think of idols, you know what we think of? Big golden images. Things that we see in pictures. Things that we see, um, you know, that people are bowing down to. I want to name a couple of things, and I want you to ask yourself if these are your idols. Is my cell phone my idol? Could I truly live without this? Last week when the power went out, I could not charge my phone, and I was without cell phone service for like, at least almost like a whole 12 hours. It was good in some ways, but also I felt lost without my phone. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm disconnected. I can't get, can, I can't call people. I can't, people can't call me. What do you think they used to do 20 years ago before cell phones was around? With the big bricks, you know, y'all don't know about those. All right, number two, my computer. My computer. Is that an idol? Could I really live without the internet for a couple of days, a weeks, months? Television. Can I live without that? Or could I live without my friends? Could I live without people in my life? Could I truly just depend? Could I truly just depend on God Himself? Again, as I said, we want to look at tonight idols of the heart. What is an idol of the heart? It's a thought, a feeling, or behavior that rules one's life in place of God. You see, too many times in our lives, we let things creep into our lives and they take the place of God, whether we want to admit it or not. You know, we have time for almost anything in life, sometimes except God. And I think too many times in our lives, this is what comes into our life. This is what creeps into us. We allow things to come in and they control us. Again, this is probably the biggest idol in all of our lives, right here. A cell phone. You know, we always got, I mean, like some of you right now, to not have your cell phone in your hand is like killing you. It's killing you. It's like, how can I not have my cell phone in my hand? How many of y'all really feel that way right now? Like, I have my cell phone in my hand all the time, and it really is like, I have to be doing something with it. Let's be honest, be honest. This can become an idol very quickly. Tonight, like I said, we want to look at these idols of the heart. I want you to think of some, some, um, so a couple of questions. What is one thing you really want? If you had to get one thing in life, what would it be? How many, raise your hand. What is the one thing in life you want? Asher. 
to go to heaven. Okay. Possession-wise. See, they like, that's it. You know, that's like my, you know. Anyone else? What is like one thing you want on this earth? Like if you could get one thing, you would be satisfied. Nobody? Nobody wants nothing. You all are just great, great Christian young people that don't want nothing in life. Yay, let's give you all a hand. Let's be real. What do you want? Huh? A nice big house? All right. Money. Now we're getting there. Peace? You said peace? All right, we need peace. All right, anyway. To travel wherever you want. These are things that you want, right? Nope. No school. We're not looking at that, right? No. What do you do just to have fun? What are some things you all do to have fun? Basketball. Football. Huh? Soccer. Baseball. All right. All right, so these are things you do to have fun. Lastly, can you name one person in your life whose approval means a lot to you? Could you all put away your phones, please? Who's one person in your life you, you want approval from? Your what? Your music teacher. Your father. Mom. No one said friends? Alright, friends, right? These are people that you want approval from. Alright? Let's be honest. No one in this room right now will say, I don't want to be approved by people. I don't want to be popular. I want to be the outcast. I want to be the person that no one likes. No one wants to be the person no one likes. Am I correct? Nobody wants to be in the corner by themselves while everyone's over there having fun like this. Nobody wants to do that. All right, that's, that's nobody wants to do that. Do you think that any of those things we shared are bad or sinful? Of course not. But what we'll be talking about tonight as we think of this is what do we desire? You see, because what we allow to come into our lives, that's what we desire. That's what takes control of us. Ezekiel 14.3. Can somebody read that for us? Son of man, these men have taken their idols. Listen, idols into their hearts. This is very important for us to think about because, like I said, we think of idols as what? Golden images. Can you take a big golden image and put it in your heart? No. These are things that we allow to come in our heart and we allow it to come more of us or we allow it to be take the place of God. It's not something that people can see. It's nothing that we go to and we bow down to. But we allow these things to control us. We allow these things to take place of God. And that's why we have to really understand as we look at three different things tonight. First of all, our possessions. And the question we have to ask ourselves is this. What do I have to have to be happy? What, do, what is some stuff you need to be happy? What do you have to have to be happy? You have to have that, I, that well, that's not an iPad, but that's a tablet. What do you have to be to, ha- to be happy? Anyone? Because I'm happy. Or just... Huh? 
The kid that everybody likes? Okay. What's some other things you need to be happy? KFC? Uh, you might, I don't think they need that to be happy. Definitely not. Andy's around. You definitely don't need that to be happy, right? KFC, that's not something I, KFC doesn't make me happy. It actually hurts my stomach a lot of times, so it's not very happy. Huh? All right. Nathan said that's gluten, so he can't eat KFC. We have to have possessions. James 4, 1 to 3 says this. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet. You cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not act. You ask and do not receive because you act wrongly to spend it on your passions. Go back to verse 2 for a second, please. Verse 2 says that you desire and do not have, so you murder. Literally, this is not talking about, all right, you have it, so I'm going to kill you. Murder. You know, we don't, that's not what it's talking about. You covet and you cannot obtain. So you fight and you quarrel. You don't have it because you do not act. Here, Gene is saying, look, not just possession, not possession in the sense of, all right, you want a brand new car. You know, there are people today that teach this type of gospel where you name it, you claim it. You want it, you claim it right then, right? If I want a brand new car, I go to Friendly Ford and say, look here, I come in there, this car right here is mine. You might as well get that straight right now. Even though I know I ain't got no money, that could be my car. Um, nine times out of ten, that don't happen. Because I, I reason I can't say ten out of ten because sometimes someone may come and bring some money and just, you know. How many of you have seen, how many know Creflo Dollar? Creflo Dollar, the, the, past, the pastor Creflo Dollar. All right. I use that term very loosely there. He wants a 65, can someone help me? He wants a $65 million plane, right? $65 million plane. And he wants 300 people in his congregation to give like a bunch of money, right? All right, 300, I can't work it out. I'm not a math, you know, I'm good at math, but not that good. But he wants three. He wants three hundred people to give him this amount of money for a sixty-five million dollar plane. Now let me ask a question: If you saw me driving around in a brand new, whatever car you could dream of, a three hundred thousand—I'll just say a three hundred thousand dollar sports car, right? Brand new, spanking new. You saw me pulling up here. You know, um, you know, just jamming this car. You know, I got it all together. You know, just I got the sunroof down. I know I just like got the tunes going. Everything got bomb. You know, we got it going. It'd be like, you know, you see me rocking my head, bobbing my head, and beat. You know, but yet, yet, as I come into the gate, listen. But as I come into this gate, a boy on the side of the road right next to me is starving. He needs something to eat. And I just passed him, I said, look here, okay, I ain't got no money. I ain't got nothing, you know. But I, have, I, drive, I drive in this nice car, $300,000 sports car, but I ain't got no money to give you nothing. Let me ask a question. How does that look? Look bad, right? 
It looks very bad. For me as a pastor to say, you know what, I could drive the freshest car in the world, and I can't help no one because I'm worried about my possessions more than I'm worried about what I'm supposed to be doing. This happens a lot. All right, we get so caught up in what we can get. Um, there are many people who I've lost respect for because they have all these things, but yet they're not doing what the, what the Bible says to do. It's all about what they can get, all the possessions. Let me ask a question. I want you to think about these and ask these if, these, if this makes you happy. I have to have a cell phone so I can talk to my friends. You have to have that to be happy. Secondly, I have to have the respect of that person who you're talking to. Thirdly, I have to look perfect or I cannot be happy. You know, I have to have everything perfect. I have to make sure that everything is in the right place. Um, you know, my hair, one of my strands is out. You know, it was funny this week I had a joke where um, one of my coworkers came to me and said that my, I must have iron deficiency. Well, I didn't know what he was talking about, right? I was like, what are you talking about, iron deficiency? Well, he was saying that the, he was trying to say that the back of my shirt was that wrinkled. You know, I didn't even, I, I didn't know, you know. You know, like iron deficiency, all right, now you get ha ha, right? So he told me I needed to iron my shirt. I'm like, uh, I guess so. I don't, I know, I don't iron, I didn't see the back of my shirt. I really don't, like, doesn't really bother me. But you see, we have to have everything perfect. I'm going to add you a couple, another flip side question. Listen to this. Because this is some things that people use to be upset with God. I can't be happy if my parents are divorced. I will do anything to keep my boy or girlfriend from breaking up with me. Alright? You know how the, you know I love you. If you do this for me, I will love you even more. You know, we try to do anything to make people happy. Listen, or I avoid confrontation at any cost, so I won't have to deal with a problem. You know, you know that something is wrong. You know that what your friends may be doing is wrong. But you don't want to confront them and say, you know what? What you're doing is wrong. The way you talked about so-and-so, that is just wrong. Why are you talking about her like that? You see, too many times we allow these things, these possessions and these type of stuff to get in the way of our relationship with God. These become idols. Second is pleasure. What do I live for? And the question is, what do I live for? James 4, James 4 13 and 17 says this, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town, spend a year there and trade it and bring a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is life for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. How many of y'all know y'all going to wake up in the morning? How many of y'all know you're going to wake up in the morning? Nobody knows that, right? Alright. Nobody in this room knows that they're going to wake up in the morning. 
As it said, your life is like a mist. You know what a mist is? It's not that, you know, when you spray air freshener, it's there for a second and it goes. It doesn't stay. That's how our life is. Our life is like, bam. And today, if you look at your newspapers, you mostly see what? Young people dying. Not old people. People your age are dying every day. And for the oddest things, not just because they got shot. I mean, we have young people having, you know, heart attacks. We have young people who are having all these different things physically that we probably never thought would happen. You see, we're not promised tomorrow, which means we need to make the day count. We need to do the things today to make it count. You see, James is getting us to think about what we will do with our time. He's asking that we ever consider God when we make our plans. Many times as believers, we live our lives with the attitude, this is my life. And you know what, God, I will do what I want. As a believer, that's how we sometimes think. We think, you know what, Lord, I accepted you as my Savior. Now I'm, I'm okay. I, I have my fire insurance. I don't really care about anything else. I'm going to do whatever I want. And you want me to tell you something? If that's the attitude you have, ask yourself this question. Do I truly know God as my Savior? Because you can't know God and think that way. You can't know God and want to live your life like that. You want to make every day count for Him. Think of these following statements. I look for a party to hang out every weekend with no thought of responsibility at home or work. You know what? Some of us want to party it up. But yet we don't want to do nothing for school or work. I become very upset when a family gathering keeps me from spending time with my friends or doing something I want to do instead. How many of y'all ever been like that? Let's be real. How many of y'all ever been like that? When they say, we having family time, you're like, really? Like, we never saw family time, but this weekend you went out family time. You see, I think too many times we don't think, all we think about is ourselves. We only consider ourselves. And that's why the first one we looked at was possessions. The second one is pleasure. And the third one is people. Whose love and approval do you need? You see, for a lot of us in this room, we, don't, we could care less of what some people think of us. Like you may say, you know what? I could really care less what so-and-so thinks. But at the end of the day, there are some people in our lives we want them to think the best of us. There's no one in this room who says, I want my best friend to think the worst of me. You want your best friend to what? Encourage you. Be there for you. You know, this happens especially for girls more than guys. Where in a sense, girls, they could have a fight with their best friend, or so-called best friend at the time, and they won't talk for months, for years. And you know what sometimes, you know sometimes what happens? They don't even know why they're not talking. Like you don't even know. You ask them, why y'all ain't talking? I don't know. You see, that's the problem sometimes. We do things without even thinking. We do things and say, you know what? You know, I, some of us are together, and some of us are a little petty as well. You know, we have different, even guys sometimes. You know, someone comes by, they step in your shoe. Wait, why you step in my shoe, boy? 
You know, you, I, get, I get these fresh trays, but why are you stepping them, boy? And we get mad for these little things. Things get clean. I say now, now I'm not telling y'all now tonight to come here at the necklace and say, okay, but you say don't stop my shoe, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm not telling you to do that tonight, right? That'll be like, I mean, I really don't care if you step on these shoes, but it really doesn't matter. But still, we get upset for the little things. Proverbs 29, 25 says this. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. You see, this is the problem. We fear man more than we fear God. I worry about making your approval more than God's approval. I worry about getting accepted by you more than being accepted by God. And if we are all honest with ourselves, we tend to do this sometimes in our lives. We worry about what man says. John 12, 43 says this, For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. You see, we get to a point in our lives where it's like this. We want to hear praise from the person next to us more than we want to hear praise from God. We want to use our stage for people rather than for God. You know, the question for all of us at the end of the day is this. When we participate in something or when we do good, I'm not saying we don't want no encouragement because we all want encouragement. We all want to be accepted. But it should not matter if our whole point in life is to bring glory to God. So the question for us is this. Will God hear our prayers if we have idols in our heart? Let me ask you a question. If I have a lot of sin and different things in my life that I put before God, can God truly hear my prayers? Can God truly hear through the idols, the things I have piled up in my life, that I allow all these things to come in my life? You know what I think some of the idols are, some more idols in, in this particular, in our island? I think schoolwork is an idol. Sometimes. Whoa, Nicholas, you just said that? Yes, I did. I think some of my parents put so much, and, and, and let me just say this. I think you guys have so much emphasis on schoolwork sometimes that you get so much trouble because you need to get straight A's that you don't even give consideration for what really matters, and that's God himself. You can't even give God time because you've got to concentrate so much on school. That's one. Two, you know, like I said, our friends. We allow our friends to come in our lives and just take control. TV. And when I say TV, you know what? I'm talking about the internet and everything else. Because I know right now a lot of us are past the whole, let me watch cable. No, no. We stream everything, Netflix, whatever we could, Android box, whatever it is. That's TV for us. And we could binge on that. Where we could, some of you probably like, your favorite show on Netflix, you could watch from season one, from start to finish all at one time. And when it comes to the end of it, you're like, all right, it's time to go to bed. I ain't got time for God right now. We allow all these things to come in the place of God. So the question for us tonight is this. What is it that comes in the place of God? Ezekiel 14.3, and we started with that verse. And we just talked about different idols. Son of man, these men have taken their idols into their heart and set the stumbling block of their iniquity before their faces. Should I indeed let myself be consulted by them? You see, basically Ezekiel is saying, look, how can I ask these people because they have allowed idols to come in their lives. They have allowed all this junk to come in. All these things to take a place of God. And we know in the computer terms, what is it? Garbage in, garbage out. 
Another thing, can we, can a disagreement uncover an idol of the heart? Can we allow different things, the disagreements in our lives, with different friends, different people, can we allow these to unravel those idols? And thirdly, can people become idols of the heart? Get, does people in our lives become idols? And you know what? I will say yes. Me as a married man, I can let my wife become an idol in my life. Where I can put my wife above God and I think, well, you know what? I love her more than anything else. I do love her more than anything else on this earth. But I must still love God more than I love her. And through that, she will see that, hopefully. For you at this age, especially as teenagers, some of you got a boyfriend or girlfriend. And you know what? You could spend hours on the phone talking to them. You know that you know that sweet talk, baby, you know I love you. I love you more. No, no, I love you more. <laughs> baby, you know how much I love you. Baby, you know, you know, I would do anything for you. No, no, you hang up first, girl. No, no, you hang up first. No, you hang, you know, like, and they go on for hours and hours just talking all that stuff. How many of y'all ever done that? Anyone ever done that? That's, a, that's too old, like. I look here, but I ain't that old, boy. Are you all speech accident? I love you, you know, like. You never said that? That's good, you ain't got. Anyway. However you look at it, however you look at it, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, or a friend can always be, can always be an idol. And I want to challenge you tonight as we, as we close. I want you to think of your life for a second. I want you to ask yourself this question. Is there any idols that I need to get rid of? Is there any idols that I need to throw in the trash, get rid of? What I want to do is not right now is we're going to play a song. And now the song is playing. I'm going to have a piece of papers up here. All right, we can do it on here. I have a pencil up here. Or if you have a pen. And you can bring, you can write something down and say, you know what? And let me just say this. This is no special thing where this is going to cost you some special thing where, okay, I throw in the trash and that's the same signal, you know, no. But this is something I want between you and God. And say, you know what? I want help with this. And as you go in your small group, you can talk to your small group leader. And we want to help you with that, right? So, I'm going to, the song's going to play. I'm going to turn off the big light. And this is a time for you, if you feel led, to just come. It's a song called Warren by 10th Avenue North. I want you just to come up as a plane. If you need to write something down, throw it in the trash and say, God, I want to get rid of this thing. And here I want to give it to you.
Yeah. 